Welcome to Lifeology. I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. I would love to connect with you. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M Lifeology. I am also very active on Instagram and create many videos with quick tips and tools that you can immediately implement. Be sure to say hello and follow me there. There are thousands of amazing self-help books out there, but what happens when you're struggling at the moment and need help now? Well, my new book, Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook, is your new go-to self-help book. I wrote it specifically for when you don't know how to overcome a challenge. Each chapter gives you a framework on how to tackle your situation. I help you focus on what already works for you. Your situation today may be different, but the emotions you're currently feeling, you felt them before, and you did something that helped you. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. This book is specifically written to help you overcome any obstacle you may face. Purchase your book, Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook on Amazon or at your favorite bookstore. Once again, purchase Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook on Amazon or at your favorite bookstore. My guest today is Jackie Heller, a psychoanalyst who is board certified in psychiatry and neurology. Her professional experience as a practicing clinician has allowed her extensive insight into the vast range of human experiences. In today's episode, we talk about her new book, Yesterday Never Sleeps, which delves into her personal experience with family trauma and helping others work through their own. Welcome to Lifeology. Hi, James. Nice to see you. Nice to be here. <laughs> My viewers and listeners do not know this, but you and I have had a wonderful time getting to know each other as we've tried multiple times to do this interview. So I am so honored that you are here with me today. I know you're on vacation and you're getting ready to go on a wonderful trip. So thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join My us. My pleasure. <laughs> so you have done so many things. I was, I always like to get people's backstory, but to hear that you're a psychoanalyst and also certified in psychiatry and neurology, that is a lot. Were you always this overachiever? Well, I say overachiever, but for you, yeah, that's not overachiever. I'm, an, I'm, I'm not always, I'm not an overachiever, but I, I, I'm grateful for all that I have. And I've been mm -hmm. blessed to be able to go to school. I'm other things too. I'm also an inventor. I have three registered patents. What? I don't know if I mentioned Oh my that, goodness. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, so you done, do everything. I no, but I have fun. Um, and I love what I do. And I'm and I'm retired now. So, you know, I'm busier than ever. Yes. Yeah, I know, right? It's when I've I've talked with a lot of people who are retired and they they it's so interesting because their life is completely different. They thought they'd be really, you know, have nothing to do, but they have so many things, so many things I want to catch up on. And it's, it's great. So I'm really, really happy well, that you're able to take that time. I, I don't like the word retire. I say I'm repurposed. They're, oh, look at you. I like that. I like that. That's a good, good shift in that. So now you've done, like I said, so many things, you know, I want to jump into the book here because I know we're really, you're kind of a time crunch here. So the book yesterday never sleeps. What happened for you that, and perhaps in your work and a personal life that you thought, you know, I need to write this book. Well, I, I really, you know, writing is a great way to get to know yourself and it's a wonderful way to become self-reflective and it's mm -hmm. probably the best way to remember things mm -hmm. and consolidate your memory. Um, I grew up and uh, didn't write things down. I memorized things because my parents were refugees and they couldn't take things with them. And so my parents memorized things. We had to keep things in mind. So I memorized my day and I had a mental diary. And so, but I began to write later on. I was good. I was decent at English and writing and I discovered, and I could never keep a journal when I was little or young because yeah. of, I remembered everything. So, um, my mother died about six years ago when I was grief stricken and I started to respond to family letters 
And I'm a big storyteller, and it's very important to be a good storyteller yes. because that's how we develop gratitude and 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 um, and and certain kinds of resilience. Anyway, I responded to family letter, but with a long, detailed analysis of things about my dad, and it was very um, it was very fruitful, and it was life changing. And I thought, mm. you know, so I wrote more, and it became a memoir. Wow. And then I thought, I really need to explain the psychological concepts that I'm that I'm that I'm describing in my development. And so then it became a memoir with kind of some academic chapters and mm -hmm. lots and lots of case stories because I've cracked oh, I I I patients for 30 years so, or more, 30, 40 years, if I include my medical training, my clinical training. Wow. So I just, it turned, it evolved. It wasn't planned, but it evolved into a book. And I was encouraged by editors and and my husband, friends who read along, they said, this is great, keep going. And I did, and then it becomes something you're just invested in doing. So yeah. um, I, you know, not seeking fame or fortune, but if it helps a few people, that makes my day. That's intrinsically rewarding. Yes. And that's, that's really my motivation. To give back and to help others. I totally understand that. Now, when you're writing about your dad, I'm because when we all reflect on our life, I mean, sometimes we have an idea of what the memory is, but then as we explore it more, more and more comes up. How were you able to sit there? Or in other words, what was your what was your experience writing about him and then realizing so much more of the memory as it was fleshed out in the writing? Well, my dad was, you know. I recognize that my dad was in some ways the unsung hero of my family because mm. he died young. He was 63, oh, wow. and just 63. And my mother lived 30 years beyond him, which was wonderful. Mm -hmm. She kind of developed herself again. She really evolved and became a, a speaker and a public speaker and a motivational speaker. And so my dad was kind of forgotten, not, 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 not um negligently and not sure, not course. not with venom or anything just because you know he was gone and um you know he was a, he was a remarkable person and i i dug i dug a little bit i i knew a lot about him because i kind of interviewed him whenever i whenever i could get him to mm -hmm. speak he didn't talk much about his trauma mm -hmm. and he had he had everything you could think of he he was doubly orphaned by the time he was seven he wow. didn't go to school he he was he had some mental illness he had depression he um he was basically a, a, a street urchin he was a, a, an orphan kid who was alone and then he was running during the Holocaust for four years, wow, um, you know, running from captivity and mm -hmm. from death, and so he was a remarkable person. Wow, that he could even that he could even have a family and be loving man, and have some and have many successes was remarkable. Yes, it is. So that so that really made me feel like it was time to revive him and and explain things. And when my my niece said that the things I told her about him made her reality of herself and her understanding mm. of herself so well-rounded and so full-bodied that it was dramatic um that really wow. was that was and, and she reminded me of things i told her before that really helped her even understand her name or things mm. about her that that were quirky so yeah. um and that and and being connected to your past that way is very very grounding very rooting and it really helps young people form an identity and develop agency and and uh, it's empowering. Yes, it is. yes, it is. Wow. Yeah, your your father sounds amazing. I mean, thank you for sharing that with us. When you wrote this book, well, first off, what's the title about? What does that mean? Yesterday never sleeps. Yesterday never sleeps. It's it's really about how most of what we do is determined by our deep unconscious mm -hmm. mind, mm -hmm. and it's it, it. I I sort of educate people about a model of a mind that's an amalgam of many different theoretical constructs, mm -hmm. but basic understanding about 
humans are meant to survive. We're, we're, we're self-preserving. We have impulses and we, we do whatever we can un, unknowingly, but we do automatically defend ourselves from pain, whether it's physical pain or emotional pain. Um, and so, you know, but the unconscious is, you know, Freud uses an iceberg, um, metaphor the iceberg is 95 percent submerged and you got a little bit of it that sticks out that's the part that's conscious and the rest of it is driven by the unconscious mind the rest of what we do for example if you get out of a chair you don't have to think about getting up um you just do it and similarly we have templates that we're born with that that make us understand things like recognizing a face or then we have habits that we develop or patterns of expectation we develop. You see people drinking cup out of a coffee, get coffee out of their cup. You know, they're drinking coffee. Next time you see someone fill their cup with coffee, you don't think they're gonna throw it in your face. You assume they're gonna drink it mm -hmm. automatically, unconsciously. So, um, so those are things that are very important. And so when we defend ourselves, we all have defenses, mental defenses that keep us from recognizing emotional pain and they're hidden. And but they but they have a pressure to come up and they're attracted to things in our everyday life. So um, so people often can't control their emotions. Something happens that reminds them of something else mm. and they don't remember you know, what it is and they, they go ballistic. So, you know, the guy that flips you off when you're driving your car has road rage. You think I didn't do anything. I didn't, I didn't even you know, try to enter his lane. And you know it's, it has nothing to do with you. So um, so those kind of hair trigger responses based on raw emotion um, mm -hmm. are not well integrated with higher functioning, with reasoning, yeah. with logic. Yeah. And that's that's what this book does. I try to explain through many, many, many stories and through some theoretical stuff, which is, you know, the dense, a little dense. Yeah, but it's important to I know. Mean, my brother said, I love the book, but I really just wanted to read a story. <laughs> and there was, so I loved the part that was story, which was 90% of it. Yeah. But the other part, I, I didn't, it was too, too much work to think about. But, you know, things aren't that easy. You have sure. to work a little bit. Sure. So yesterday never sleeps means that our past and our ancestors, things that happened have a valence and they they stick with us. Yes, and is. it becomes their memory for past things that are traumatic is very different and it affects us and it's in the body. Mm -hmm. So um so I, I I try to focus on what's in the body and not not go digging into the past sure. for for why you're screwed up or for why you don't your relationships don't work or and you don't know why. You don't have to go digging into the past. If it's important, the past will find you. Yes, it will. Um, it will find you and it will bug you and things will go wrong until you figure out what it's about. We, you talk a lot about being introspective and tell us more about that. I mean, obviously I know what that means and my views and listeners do as well, but want to make sure we're on the same page as far as the introspection. What does that mean for you? And then how do you help people take the current moments and maybe be re re reflect on their past and perhaps what's influencing them in, in this present moment? Well, being reflective, reflection, self-reflection is the process by which we introspect. I like to call it introspectate because, um, you know, our, our, we internalize our significant relationships and the way crucial people in our lives treated us. And we memorialize these relationships with our core beliefs and our unconscious, which guides our behavior, as I said before. So you know, these expectations become guiding principles and we, and they're automatic, but we don't know them. So in order to do that, you really have to look into yourself and say, what happened to me? What's my, what's my 
what's bugging me, what happened in the past. And so the unconscious mind is where our painful thoughts and feelings and memories and longings reside. And they're very hard to access. Um, and so, so you know, pain, painful feelings and memories remain hidden until something or someone triggers them, and it triggers an outpouring of memories and sentiment. And there's physicality to it. So, you know, what you have to do is recognize, often through mindful meditation, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, which is to activate the part of your nervous system that makes it allows for calm mm-hmm. and, and peacefulness. And that that the neurons that the, the nerves that slow your heart rate and help people feel relaxed but is is done with deep breathing because we can control our breathing we can't control our heart rate or blood pressure, um, and then the thing to do is to to name your feel to think about what you're feeling in that moment in your body whether it's you know a, a butterflies in your gut or or a feeling of um, you know your heart palpitating or a sense of grief in your chest mm-hmm. or heaviness. Um, or just a sadness, whatever it might be, and to 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 really focus on what those feelings are, and then to to you know relax into thinking about naming your feeling. Um, but believe it or not, ten percent of the population can't name their feelings. It's true. It's very true. How are you feeling, James? I don't know. What happened today? I don't know. You know, we just react. Um, so I call these moments during the day where you focus on shifts. Where you know you had lunch and you you were great and you come home and you feel de- de- depressed down you feel a little crestfallen and you realize it's because you know your friend hurt your feelings and said the good thing about your bad haircut is that it'll grow back you know <laughs> that's the good news or god you look great you lost so much weight you know um does that mean i was fat before <laughs> exactly. yeah, so these backhanded kind of compliments as an example um or you know or you 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 saw someone you really don't like very much in the in the supermarket, and you're yelling, "Oh my God, it's so so happy to see you! Let's get together!" And then you go home and you realize you're mad at yourself for, <laughs> "Why did you say that? You don't want to see her," you know. So so mindful meditation is a way to activate that part of our nervous system that relaxes us. We have to name our feelings, know those moments of shift during the day when our feelings shift dramatically identify them most of us don't do that and then um and i call those delta moments in my book because yeah. of shift and then the other thing that i think is really important is to um write a write your narrative or at least be able to develop a story throughout your lifetime that is that is a coherent story with the good the bad and the ugly from start to finish to the present moment and include whatever you can that makes your story your story. And that's very important. That's very important for yeah. gratitude. That's very important for, for becoming a kinder person, which has all kinds of ingredients to it, which we can talk about if you like. Um, I, so that's, that's what I, that's the basic outline. I think it's, it's fantastic, especially when you have the, the psychological, the psychological aspects of it. I know, like, I know some people like your brother who don't necessarily like that, but you know, there are a lot of people who do appreciate that. So I, I'm grateful that it's such a holistic book. I, it's, I, in hearing you talk about this, there's so much similarity between what your book and what lifeology is as far as we look at our thoughts and how that impacts our emotions and how that affects our body. And so I'd like to hear how you really have people sit with the mindful meditation and look at the the entry point, if you will, of the physical aspect of where am I feeling this in my body? And in that, you're then able to name the emotion that goes along with it. And then from there, able to access the different things that perhaps have influenced it. I also really like the fact that you have those moments where you check in with yourself. It's really one thing we talk about on the show is you have those moments of 
perhaps setting a timer at, at when you first wake up at noon and at five o'clock. And when you do that, you're able to really check in with yourself and see why am I feeling this way? What's what's happened? And then from there, you're able to make that conscious choice to change how you feel. I mean, that's a great thing to do for starters, for people who aren't used to doing this mm-hmm. or for people who aren't like me, where it's an automatic yeah, and then it becomes yeah, process and then it becomes automatic. Where it takes a while. You have to practice, yeah. but then all, it eventually becomes automatic where you read between the lines of your life and of other people around you. You become really good at mentalizing it, at, no, at, at being attuned and being in sync with other people, the people that are important to you or the people that you're working with. And so that's that become, makes you function better. And the reason that happens is because when you go inward, um, you base, I call it introspectating because mm-hmm. you're going inward to feel your feeling in your body, you identify it, and then you go upward into your brain and you think about it and you go, okay, why am I feeling, why do I feel smothered when that I'm making this up right now? Sure. This is kind of, why do I feel smothered when that person just hugged me? Hello. I mean, it wasn't a big deal hug. And then I, I know the answer to that question for myself, which mm-hmm. is that my dad was so um, so grief stricken about losing his entire family. Um, they were all murdered. And uh, during the Holocaust, my parents mm-hmm. were Holocaust survivors have been and mentioned that. Mm-hmm. And he, he was loved us so much that when he'd hug us, he'd give us a bear hug that almost strangled us like the oh, way, a, yeah. the way a cobra might strangle. And it like got, like I couldn't breathe at some point. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I realized because it was so hard for him to let go because, you know, of letting course. go was a, out of sight was equivalent to death. Mm. And letting go was the same thing. It was a fear, terrible fear of loss and a constant grief. Now, so I understand that. So I'm not going to not going to go to town and yell at my <laughs> friend who gave me a tight hug. Yeah. I just know that's that's you know that's my thing. So mm-hmm. that's what I mean by going inward and going upward. Because when you connect the dots from your emotions to your rational mind and remember things and put them in place. It's like filling out the, a puzzle. You put the pieces in the puzzle and you end up with something that's wholesome. And that's very gratifying. It's grounding and, it, and it's intrinsically motivating. I mean, as far as the neuroscience of it, all these things feed into each other. And so, so that's, that's what I would say. Um, start with, start with, you know, your breathing, start with relaxing mm-hmm. and then, and then go inward and think, start thinking about it. You're not going to get there in one second. I mean, yeah. I've been doing this since I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and I, and in the process of writing the book, what the book does, the book demonstrates it, you know, it demonstrates the process because the first half, I explain the principles. I give you a lot of stories. And then I, my second half is my memoir mm. where I demonstrate and I tie together things like automatic mental constructs, the things mm-hmm. that drive our behavior, the, the, the ingrained patterns of behavior. And I put together the Delta moments in my own story. Yeah. So, because I know myself, I'm my best patient because I've <laughs> I known, <am> <laughs> myself, known myself the longest and, and I don't have to, ca- I don't have to camouflage, you know, the demographics. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's funny. Earlier, you talked about timelines. How do you help people really recognize the difference between what is a pivotal moment and what is not? Because sometimes we think something is important, but it's actually not. How do you help them really recognize that every moment is impactful? Well, I think I think what you know when we have a behavior, there's something that underlies every behavior. So if you do something outrageous, egregiously wrong, or 
you know, you you keep have doing making the same mistake over and over again. Okay. You keep going out with abusive men, for example, or whatever it might be. You you have to real, you know, you either realize or or you get in trouble with the law or court or whatever, and they they make you pay attention. Mm -hmm. Um. So, but I think most often or not, if we think something's important, there is some and there's some valence to it. Okay. You'll figure it out. It'll come out in dreams, which is dreams are the royal road to the unconscious. Mm -hmm. Dreams really, if you remember your dream or part of it. And you can think about what what might the meaning of that be. And you have to practice it, interpreting things. Yes, you know, take takes a little practice. Um, but you know, when you when you start, you, the connections will come to you. Is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. The things in your day will come up for you again and again. Um, you will you will discover things that I I would say generally, if you think they're important, they probably are. And sure. if they come up over and over again, um, they are. I mean, I had a dream when I was five that takes a chapter of the book and it's, it, it haunted me, it bothered me in one mm. way or another for 50 years. Really? Not the dream itself, it wasn't sure. recurring, but the theme stuck with me. And the, the, and the nagging aspect of it stuck with me until I kind of figured it out. So if it comes up over and over again, even if it's symbolic of something, mm -hmm. it it will it will it will remind you. It'll tell you sure. your consciousness is very smart, and it wants relief. And it, if your defenses fail against them, it'll come up over and over again. So, yeah. well, I think also that if someone sees that there's a pattern, then perhaps go back to when they first remember when that pattern emerged, and then from there there may be a pivotal moment from that as well. That could that that could be that sure. could be. We only have about two and a half more minutes with this book. I know it's full. Of so many different stories and academic aspects of it, which is very well-rounded for many people. Who would you say is the ideal reader and who do your readers say is the ideal reader? I think the ideal reader for me is someone who realizes that Aristotle was right when he said, knowing yourself is the beginning of all wisdom. Yes. And to have, we don't have it. We need to have humility and some, and some um, not be so confident that we know everything. And so if we understand that we don't know ourselves as well as we should, or as well as we think we do, and we have some humility about it, that is important. That's why I think that if we understand that we're self-deceptive mm -hmm. to survive, um, and that we're, we don't want to know things and we turn away from them, but things that we should know and ultimately will be healthier in mind and body, which are connected. That's 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 who I think would benefit from the book. Um, but it's a it's a sweeping book. And I've been told that it's a good for anyone that suffered trauma because I do go I do do go have several chapters on trauma mm -hmm. and so and social social contagion of, of um, you know, it's a lot about. Uh, people who 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 don't want to be scapegoated or scapegoat mm. and how we how we um, project our negativity and our bad feelings about ourselves onto other people and never realize it we see that going on the world over mm -hmm. um and so 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 it's for people who want to know what makes them tick and what ticks them off and can take, <laughs> like take, 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 take responsibility. And so that, that's really, but I've, I've gotten letters from uh, new mothers who say it's one of the best parenting books, because if you know yourself, you become a better, everything, you become yeah. a better parent, you become a kinder, more compassionate person and the ingredients to becoming a good human, like compassion. Mm -hmm. um, and empathy. the other thing is empathy, respect, um, um, sympathy, sensitivity, 
um, um, trust, trust. These things are all a, a attachment theory based. And I maybe failed to say that theoretically, I'm, I'm somewhat Freudian as far as technique. He was right about a lot of things. He was a mm -hmm. neuroscientist par excellence. He was right about a lot of things in neuroscience and um, an attachment theory. Yeah, which is because we're all we all want to be connected, and mm -hmm. we all are connected. And connection is the most important human human aspect of being human and it's what we all strive for from the moment we're born till the moment we close our eyes yes that's right well dr jackie heller i appreciate your time i know once again thank you so much for being with us i know it's taken us several times but we have finally been able to accomplish this interview if my viewers and listeners want to find out more information about you and to purchase your book some yesterday never sleeps where would they find this information online well, they can find the book almost anywhere books are sold. Amazon's a big, a big one. Um, and they can get any information about me and other things I've written and some um, lots of stories on my website, JacquelineHeller.com or JackieHeller.com. Wonderful. My viewers and listeners also know that if they can't find this information any other place, simply go to the show notes at jamesmillerlifeology.com and I'll connect you with Jackie Heller. Jackie, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time today. It was my pleasure. It was great being here. Thank you, James. I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.